This is Higher Ed Heroes with Dr. Sebastian Kemp and Dr. Alistair Stark. Welcome to Higher Ed Heroes. My name is Seb. And my name's Al. This podcast is about transformative moments in the classroom. We believe that these moments, when we bring classrooms to life, can often be achieved by making small changes that are easy to adopt. And that's our focus. Small things communicated in simple ways by teachers who know that these practices can make a difference to their students. So our hope is that by listening, you can reflect on these practices and maybe even get inspired for your own classroom. And because we know our listeners are busy and time poor, we always want to communicate these small lessons in a jargon-free way. This is why we have the teaching jargon buzzer. For the last time, no. Which we hit when we hear those buzzwords that might be more at home in a teaching committee or a faculty meeting. So, Seb, shall we introduce this week's guest? Absolutely, Al. Our guest today is Zala Volcic. Zala is an associate professor in the School of Media, Film and Journalism at Monash University here in Australia. She researches on intercultural communication and, for as long as I've known her, Sala has struck me as an incredibly thoughtful, warm person, but also a very creative educator. Sala, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, you guys, for having me on. Seb, Al, what a privilege and joy to be with you. I'm a fan, you have to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good welcome. Thank you, Zala. Yeah, well, we can. A few years ago, you were given the role of convening the new and then very fast-growing bachelor degree in media and communications at your university. And besides, obviously, handling the administration you decided to place one of your emphasis on building a sense of belonging, on empathy, on connection amongst all the students in that degree. So what is it that motivated you to do that? The BMC Bachelor of Media and Communication is a specialized degree at Monash um, University and um, it has been implemented roughly five years ago and you are right, we are focusing, you know, on community approach. But before I really kind of um, unpack it, I would just like to talk about the importance, you know, of my own personal history that brought me to um, thinking and then developing this particular compassionate pedagogy, community-oriented approach that I um, developed and is now being practiced within this degree. But look, not to bore you too much, I grew up in former Yugoslavia, 1980s, 1990s, where I saw kind of the collapse of uh, communism in Eastern Europe and in my country. I witnessed this violent um, collapse, you know, of my community that I grew up in. What what does coming to terms with the past means and how with our teaching, you know, we can bring, you know, students and us researchers together and address these extremely important questions, right? So for me, teaching is so much more than just transfer of knowledge on one level. It's about um, equipping, you know, the students about um, life. I'm traveling around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm studying my PhD, very lucky to kind of teach in Switzerland and Slovenia and US. And then I come to Monash where I um, have met my wonderful BMC scholars. And we have been given this great opportunity to create a new degree. We are teaching um, thinking and we are teaching this in a compassionate uh, way with particular care and deep engagement. Zala, I want to ask about the phrase compassionate pedagogy. 
And what you said about citizenship, that really resonates with me in my own teaching because my pedagogical orientation speaks to public service and citizenship. And I wondered if you could say something about this idea of a compassionate pedagogy. Look, what what I'm describing, right, as a compassionate pedagogy um, emerges from, again, my very sustained commitment um, to the democratic media, but also to the democratic education as a scholar, as a media producer. I think this notion, but then also our practice and way of teaching addresses some of the um, shortcomings of mass education model that privileges um, convenience over community and in a way uh, runs the risks of fostering a cynical attitude toward the education process. So treating it simply as means of somehow gaining a credential by doing, um, I don't know, the minimum work necessary, not recognizing that uh, it's extremely important responsibility to be together in the classroom. We become all vulnerable, me as a professor and my students, you know, and we guide each other extremely important, crucial ways to um, uh, particular arguments that then we test while listening. We do that, however, through really care, uh, compassion, empathy, serious work, rigidness, and uh, deep commitment to critical theory, politics, and history. Wonderful. I really like the authenticity and hearing about the history of your journey that brought you to that pedagogy. One of the things that we care about in this podcast is the articulation of small examples that our listeners can pick up and use. I'd like to hear about the Moodle site that you use and how you've used that to build a community, because that sounds like something that our listeners could pick up and use easily. Our degree now has over 950 students. Roughly 60% of our students are international. These are the students, you know, especially during the pandemic, um, where we were not able to be together uh, in the classroom. Together with my colleagues, you know, we were thinking of how, in a way, to combine a rigorous and, you know, generative, in a way, curriculum um, with the approach, again, that would be caring and that would offer students a sense of belonging, a sense of community, a sense of really getting to know us. What students want are us, educators, teachers in the classroom. They're hungry for communication, for if you want, you know, care, love, empathy, as much as they are for, of course, knowledge. What we wanted to do is build, you know, specific strategies, right, to really acknowledge, but also to um, care for students' experiences, feelings, I don't know, circumstances, right? With the help of our own students, uh, created a BMC um uh, degree site. Now, this is so much more than just a website. This is really kind of a communal space um, for all of us, the community, the understanding that we need we need each other. We are together in this long process, you know, of traveling and learning and growing up within a degree, BMC, right, that we don't feel detached or alienated. We should be really building um, particular spaces where we can come together and be together. This site, you know, um, it really came um, from conversations that we had with um, students um, who were saying, look, we just feel lonely and we need more. 
and we feel completely fragmented and not able, you know, to get to know each other and our own professors. It was really motivated by our deep commitment to understanding education, again, as a community-oriented endeavor, right? Our students spend five to six hours per week on it. It's showcasing their own work. It's introducing ourselves. It's um, offering um, specific events. We had cooking sessions. We were watching films that the students decided, you know, to, to screen. Um, so they are really kind of deep, political, sometimes quite radical. They don't shy away, you know, these events and these workshops, um, this, this, this belonging in a way that we all have on the site. We are all invested and really committed to it, right? And it's alive, right? It's a very alive intellectual, emotional, academic space for poof, now roughly, you know, 950 of us. You've got 950 students across three-year undergrad cohort. They have these different functionalities on that Moodle site. And that's the site you built together with students. So how important was the student input in doing this? And maybe give us a few more tasters of what, uh, what is going on on that site. What are the different things and who's driving them? One example, you know, of the students that helped create this Moodle site, we actually wrote about these um, three undergraduate BMC students and myself. And uh, we are publishing this research article in intercultural education as an example, you know, of particular practice of rich and deep and caring relationship, you know, of the um, five of us who survived these two years in Melbourne in lockdowns, uh, creating something, I think, really amazing, you know, for us all, all these, you know, weeks and months encouraging each other and, and, but also really creating, learning, teaching, cooking, listening to music, right? And, uh, wrote about this and, uh, and kind of are conceptualizing what this means, right? The community led education where we all in so many ways profited from, right? There are really, um, you know, media resources that introduce in depth, you know, the degree teaching staff and then industry professionals. And that's done in a kind of a very funky way. You know, it's um, uh, warm vi videos of each of the uh, uh, professors in the degree. Our, you know, not in a kind of professionalized way. We talk also about what we like to watch and what music we like to listen and how we teach. And so we talk a lot about how we are in the classroom as basically humans <laughs> and really to kind of share how important it is that our students would feel you have here with us access to a different kind of world. You have here someone, us educators, who care for you. And we are processing um, the world with you guys. We are here together, you know, thinking, because then we can go out there with our new understandings of the world and change the world. This first layer is extremely important. The students, you know, really engage with it and love it, right? But then we also um, offer the second way, you know, is we showcase, I don't know, the work of students, you know, enabling themselves, you know, they connect, they motivate, they engage um, with each other and with us. Then we have thirdly, for example, very concretely, different informational sessions, you know, very important to explain and communicate the students, you know, the logic behind the degree. 
what and how we are teaching, why they have to take first year units, what can they expect in the second year so that, you know, they understand the degree really very well and that they hear from us, that they hear from industry voices out there, that they understand um, internships and professional placements, right? So kind of this larger community as well. I would also really point out that um, the fourth, fourth, you know, um, space um, on the Mural site is devoted to intercultural relationships. Uh, we feel that deep relationships really um, are extremely important, uh, that we allow um, that they are built, not in some quick, busy, instrumental, pragmatic way, but that, it, you know, that it allows the students um, to uh, engage in these deep relationships. Um, and that means, you know, that they can um, uh, meet then finally, you know, for that coffee, that they can discuss why are there so many bakeries in Melbourne, that, you know, a student from Indonesia can talk about um, the traumatic, you know, uh, events. I really <laughs> like the idea of cooking sessions right next to radical politics. I think only a university website would have that combination. You mentioned a few times um, the phrase, we're here together, or we're all in this together. And there's a strong theme of mutual support between teachers and students. What other small mechanisms alongside the website, uh, Zala, do you use to build that sense of we're in this together and we're helping each other? Again, you know, the BMC Moodle site is on the degree level, but there are many uh, approaches that we practice on the unit level. For example, um, very successfully implemented so-called video letters, where we record encouraging weekly summaries for our students. And that's every Friday. <laughs> so each professor, you know, looks into the camera and summarizes the week ups and downs, um, very, very sometimes, you know, also political moments or, or vulnerable moments or or, or ten tension moments, if you want, from our classrooms. And with that offering, you know, a space and modeling as well, how and what, you know, um, uh, we have learned and uh, uh, how important it is to be connected to the world, that we are doing this larger work, right, that is political at the same time as it is learning about particular knowledge and information and facts, right? That is in a way easy, right? Much harder it's to precisely uh, uh, do this kind of work that I think we are doing. So these video letters is one that, again, is very, very successful. But then we have, you know, we implemented a particular um, uh, platform that is called ePortfolio. And that's another dimension on the unit side and on the degree side. The portfolio, in a way, you know, really works with students because it continuously provides feedback uh, and captures, you know, their own growing up, intellectual growing up throughout the degree. So each student is able to archive their assignments through the through, during their studies. So they start with my media challenges first year unit, and you know my assessments are very visual and textual. But they, the, this e-portfolio, each student, you know, it it allows each student to really think about my feedback and uh, the feedback from other professors. And then when they go out there and ask for internships and jobs, they take this e portfolio with them, all the documentaries and podcasts and, you know, video essays and uh, artworks and, you know, and more, right? So 
in, in, this provides some kind of a intellectual stability, but also continuity. I'd like to know a little bit more about these video letters, Zala. These, oh, these sound uh-huh. really exciting and something that listeners could pick up easily. So are lecturers in their individual courses providing a weekly video just on their thoughts and feelings about the course itself? Is that the kind of thing that's happening? It is beautiful. We make ourselves vulnerable by talking about the ways in which we struggle as well with. Uh, and we bring that allows us to bring our own research into the classroom. We share it with our students that brings into the conversation with the larger community, our own, you know, hopes and dreams and fears, if you want, you know, where else, if not the classroom, that is extremely intense and political process. We really have a mantra, you know, that we need to, um, you know, there has to be magic in the classroom there. And it has to be intensity, right? Of course, amazing safety and respect. Uh, but also, you know, this genuine, right, openness that we, yeah, hope to bring in the classroom. Sala, it is really amazing if you think about doing so many things for your students and not just in your course, but across the entire degree. For some of our listeners who might be tuning in and thinking, I would like to move in that direction. I would like to adapt some of the steps and ways in which you have been doing this for your cohort, how should they start? What would be a simple step or two that they could take? You know, I think my luck was really to work with the colleagues that shared a particular pedagogical vision for the degree. So I think on some level is really this belief, you know, that each of us can contribute to the creation of a particular kind of a community, uh, teaching, you know, community, whether that's on the level of unit, you know, with our teaching assistants, whether that's on the level of a, of a degree, right? So that we really continue to talk with each other and communicate, you know, our uh, educational philosophies, how we teach, how we want to teach, that we help each other, that we kind of build a particular kind of solidarity. And, you know, then on the second level, we can go into the classroom and practice care and and compassion with our students. But that on the first level, we start to and continue then to really trust uh, each other as, as teachers, as educators, because the classroom remains the crucial space for the community at large. So if we build, continue to build with each other, I think that's that, that, that would be really the first step. And then, you know, and then it happens, yeah, the magic. And we also all believe, you know, that students are willing to do the hard work with us, but it's on us. We need to be exciting, you know, and rigorous and really experts. So we need to get their respect and you know what? Then we are together. Then it happens. I think that's a really crucial point. We have the specific tools here, Noodle websites, video letters, e-portfolios, but underpinning yeah. it, there's a real sense of authenticity. That authenticity comes alongside vulnerability, and that's brave. Uh, and this compassionate pedagogy that we began with really emerges through that and seems to underpin these specific tools. I think that's a, a really important message. They work if they if they have a deeper, I think, philosophical underpinning. Very rich, Zala. Thank you so much for 
sharing all these different and wonderful things with us. If you as a listener heard anything that you liked or you would like to engage further, you can of course get in touch with us or through our social media. Thanks for joining us in Higher Ed Heroes and we look forward to your company again. Mm-hmm.